it is so nice to sit down to a family dinner. Dad, could you please pass the potatoes? Son, you know, I've been hearing from your teacher that you haven't been paying attention in class. Gee, Dad, school is just so boring. I want to come work on the farm like you. Now, son, we've talked about this. Having an education is very important. (laughs) Yes, it is. You need a good foundation of skills. But, Dad, you eat that special bread that teaches you stuff. True, true, but I'll tell you what, son. If you eat it and actually learn something, you can come work with me on the farm. All right. Please pass the bread, Mom. Honey, I don't think this is a good idea. No, no, don't worry about it, darling. Come on, son. Go ahead, take a bite. Okay. I don't feel anything different. Really? Well, here, try to make a fishing pole with this string and a stick. Ah, Dad, it didn't work. (laughs) See, that's because you need lots of experience to use recipe bread. Oh, all right, now, just watch an old pro like myself show you how it's done. <gasps> wow, honey. You made a golden fishing rod. Gosh, Dad, and the bread taught you that? Yes, it did. I want to learn stuff with bread. It's settled. I'm staying in school. I'm going to go study right now. Oh, honey, that was such a cute way to trick him into staying in school. Oh, that, that was no trick. Um, Brooklyn's bread has taught me all that I know. Watch this. Nom, 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 nom. Well, uh, hey, I was eating that. You turned my carrot into a sword, too. <laughs> hey, it's the power of the bread. But wait a minute. I've been eating Porcaline's bread for years. How come I haven't learned any new cooking recipes? Well, maybe you need to get a little bit more experience cooking. (laughs) Darling, you should really build us another barn tomorrow. Why? I mean, we don't need another barn, do we? And why do you sound like that? Oh, sweetheart. If you ever make fun of my cooking again, you'll be sleeping in that barn! Yes, dear. Sure, honey. Love you! Love you! Hey, baby, hear the game. We call in backlogs growing at a long rates. Mercy. And maybe you seem a bit confused. RP gamers. Kev will set you straight. Ha 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 ha! But Matt don't know what to do with those saga games or FFA. He's playing again. Neptunia games all over this place. What is a boy to do? Good night, Happy Gamers. We love you. Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly RPG feedback show, and we're your bi-weekly nostalgia show. I am your host, Kelly Ryan, and with me, as always, my podcast partner in crime, the dialist to my Leon... Mr. Matt Mason. Oh, good. I'm just glad I wasn't the turn up to you, the hoe. So, <laughs> uh, and joining us tonight, we've got a uh, fellow podcast alumni and uh, Anna Marie Privetier. It's been so long, you didn't remember how to say my name. <laughs> <sighs> my my brain autocorrects sometimes, and I hate it. <laughs> and, and and also with us, Brian McCarthy, 
just living that hardcore lifestyle, y'all. Yes. Um, so we are talking about Rune Factory 4 tonight. Gosh, I can't remember the last time there was a Rune Factory back check. I think they just did kind of a Rune Factory roundup, either in the Harvest Moon episode or... It was a long time ago. I know that. <laughs> it was. I think it was before you and my, you're in my term time. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I can always remember the before times because I, I stink distinctly hear those voices while sitting in my cubicle at my old job <laughs> oh you guys the, the old crew got me through some tough times at work let me tell you but we're gonna have fun tonight uh, well you know if you want to go back to episode 46 dirt rage you can uh listen to uh, a Wow, a 12-year-old episode about a... Almost. Wow, you know what? It is 12... It was posted 12 years to the day. ago wow. today, May anniversary. 31st, 2011. Woo! Wow, I, I How perfect old. timing, Rune Factor. It's almost like we <laughs> planned it that way, even though we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> yes, and it is tagged with the first three Rune Factories, so hey, maybe we're, we're continuing right where they left off 12 years ago. Yeah, because yeah, by this time next year, we can do five. Mm-hmm. Um, the one yep. I actually put thousands of hours into. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I got like a 20 plus hour head start on that one. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll get into why I, now, Ryan. Uh, I'll get into why I didn't play this one when we get into the main event, which we are going to do after our little musical interlude. So stay tuned. RPG Backtrack, where we are talking about Rune Factory 4, released on the Nintendo 3DS on October 1st, 2013. And then seven years later, leading us straight into the pandemic, it came out on February 25th, 2020. <laughs> and yeah, that was why I only played it for a month, because something else came out a month later. Um, and what we'll get into that. that. <laughs> You'll have to listen <laughs> to find out. Though if, if you look it up, you can probably guess. Um, and then I, so, so I believe this is one of the, or the second multi-platform Root Factory game, because the first one was Tides of Destiny, which I bought and played like five minutes of. But then this is the oh. first one. Yeah, this is the first one that came to I Steam. I love that X one. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one that came to Steam and Xbox um, on December 7th, 2021. And, and those were two platforms that surprised surprised me but more and more jrpgs are coming to those two platforms so i'm all for it yeah. um so i actually know the oh. people that did the port and the honest answer is it wouldn't have cost them any more or less to get those platforms so they did ah uh, th oh. th th mm. there's the inside scoop <laughs> but but it set a precedent because then rune factory 5 i believe is multi-platform too um yep. As, as well as the upcoming remake of Room Factory 3, question mark? I believe that's at least got a PC. Yeah. 
I was on. I was. I was looking that up today because I wanted to mention a Rune Factory three person in the game. So yeah, I want to say, of course, yes, Switch and Windows. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. e- either way, I'm glad more people are getting access to this game because I mean, if if you like Stardew Valley, this is kind of the skeleton for it. Um, it, it combines. It famously combines the hack and slash uh, g- gameplay combined with the farming and the um, social links. The, the town building, that that kind of stuff. Uh, sorry, I'm drawing yes, a blank. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you've got you've got your relationships. You've got the you know farming. You've got the hack and slash. Like I I was a Rune Factory fan. I played all you know one two three four and Tides of Destiny before I even heard of Stardew Valley. I mean because. They were all up before Stardew Valley. And then when I played Stardew Valley, everybody's like, oh, you got to play it. It's a Harvest Moon game. And I played it and I'm like, eh, a little bit of a Rune Factory game. So I, I played the three 3DS games. I tried to get into the Wii game and that one was way too complicated. Um, Which one did then, you try? And Frontier. No, oh, with the effing Roonies. Yeah, Ugh. that that was way too complicated. And then Tides of Destiny, I bought, tried to play it, and then got distracted. So it it, it well, had been a hot yeah, minute before. I was gonna four, say, <laughs> um, it ended up with four on the DS. Kept it in my I'm gonna play case and never touched it until the Switch version. And I mm-hmm. I feel bad that I never touched it. <laughs> um, That's okay. I, I, just, I touched it enough for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I knew that it was gonna be a rabbit hole that I was gonna get sunk into. And it's like okay, before I get sunk into that rabbit hole, I want to finish this 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 first and. Oh, but I mean, at, at least playing through the Switch version, because I've heard that there was problems with the 3DS version as far as triggering story. But we'll get into that in a second. Um, this was also the end of the developer Neverland. Uh, they went bankrupt mm-hmm. in 2013, yeah. right after the <sighs> North American. So sad. Yeah, I, I, which, I definitely remember hearing about that. Which, uh, which is why it surprised me when Five got announced. So who took over? Um, so Hashimoto-san is part of Marvelous, and he's always overseen the Rune Factory series as Neverland developed it. And so Hashimoto-san did eventually sort of break off and create a side company to Marvelous. Um, they're connected in murky ways that I don't entirely understand. Um, but his company decided to take over and continue doing Rune Factory. Ah, gotcha. I'm glad somebody picked it up. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe they were seeing the success of Stardew Valley and were like, well, we need to keep doing this. You know what's funny? And I never, I, I went back and reread it again recently, but we, and I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but when Alex um invited me to join rp gamer i wrote three things to submit for writing samples and one was all the lessons that rune factory could learn from stardew valley and (laughs) because at the time i looked up yep (laughs) i've got my essay buried somewhere in my google drive that i wrote a couple weeks ago but it was you know these games were half million dollar selling games at the best i think rune factory 4 might have sold five hundred thousand total and that was listed as by far the best game in the series so these were really niche of niche games um so it's interesting then, that's not the best selling rune factory game but carry on oh really then stardew valley comes out and sells more than all the rune factories together double triple whatever so i yeah, had a 
little essay about that. Like, you know, maybe Rune Factory needs to tie down the anime, play up some uh, other stuff and become more mainstream. And I was today sell for sixty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I was today years old when I learned that uh, this is the same developer that did the Lufia games on the Super Nintendo. Oh, man. Neverland did all sorts of really fantastic games. I uh, mean, hashtag biased, probably, but Seema the Enemy was probably my favorite game that they did. It was like this incredibly niche Game Boy Advance game that was co-developed by Natsume. And it was long before I worked there, so I say hashtag biased, but... Um, yeah, I just, I loved that game. It was weird and quirky and wonderful. Um, so controversial backtrack opinion, giving the old guard, but it, they did the two Shining Force games for the PS2 that I loved. That Yes! They famously hated. Because <laughs> they went all action. And it was, it was basically just Shining Force with the serial numbers filed off. So, um, and p- people were not happy that it went action, but I love that that first game the second one not so much it just felt like glorified dlc but yeah the second one definitely felt like oh wait we made money off that let's go try to cash in on it and <laughs> kind of underproved the second game yeah so um fortunate about that neverland but good that uh, somebody else took it over i'm, I'm reading about another neverland that uh is owned by idea factory um, and oh, did also, other games, Spectral oh. Force, Generation of Chaos, Blazing Souls franchise. <laughs> like a big note here. No, this is not the Neverland that did Lufia, Shining Force, and Rune Factory. Now, Anna, is this before or after the Harvest Moon Natsume split? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it happened after. It, it, when did Neverland go out of business? 2013. Um, 20, a little live research looks like uh 2015 is when that happened yeah so um 2014 I mean, 2015 so shortly after harvest moon so it would have been not long before harvest moon a new beginning came out so um yeah so it would have been mid 2012 that Marvelous told Natsume they wouldn't be working together anymore. Ah, uh, okay. Because, yeah, that all went down, like, while A New Beginning was being localized. Okay, because I, I honestly could not remember where in the timeline this was or if the breakup had anything to do with Neverland going out of business or any anything no, like but that. but that certainly didn't help. No, yeah. Neverland I, had been in financial straits for a while and Rune Factory 3 underperforming pretty badly didn't help which is why I'm so surprised it's getting a remake uh, I don't know maybe they, they want people to experience it again maybe in For Rune, most people it'll be the first Rune time factory circles that I've traveled throughout my years that's always the one that people say is their favorite yeah it's so it weird because it sold bad yeah, I mean I think it sold mostly bad because it was at the end of the DS's life um, and probably the fact that two, this is turning into a Rune Factor retrospective but that's okay um, <laughs> two, right. two played like just complete ass I played every hour of that game and my god the slowdown the, the, I thought my DS was going to explode it was chugging so hard and then 3 was a little bit better but was still kind of graphic Graphically unpolished, I'm gonna say. Um, it didn't have nearly the slowdown that that, that two had. 
Um, so I imagine that the 3DS was able to handle a lot of that combat a lot better. I was going to say, I don't remember any slowdown on 2, but then again, I had a jank cart, ended up uh, with a fake copy of number 2 <laughs> that wouldn't let me close my DS. It wouldn't go into sleep mode. Um, that's how I looked at the back and was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I, there, was, I, I mean, that was copy. definitely the other sort of piece of the puzzle in terms of why did some DS games sell bad? Because it was so easy to pirate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being at the end of that DS life cycle, you know, piracy was in full effect by then. Yep, unfortunately. And and unlocking memories, I remember because of that Harvest Moon ep- or that Rune Factory episode of Backtrack is what prompted me to start those three games on the DS and thinking, eh, I won't notice the slowdown on two and then notice the slowdown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I also played out of order, so I wonder if I had a 3DS by the time I got to Rune Factory 2 and maybe that maybe that helped. Yeah, Maybe it, I was more tolerant 12 years ago. Yeah, because I would have played that on my DS Lite, either my mm-hmm. DS Lite or DSi back then, but I don't think that they had a whole lot of horsepower difference. Um, and I, I couldn't stand playing DS games on my 3DS because of how washed out they looked. So so you were the one that wrote the book report about uh, Rune Factory 4, Bat. T- tell us all about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we'll go through the plot pretty quickly, um, and then we can talk about all these systems that you do. Because, I mean, these these games, I feel like we say this a lot about games on Backtrack. You know, it's not about the plot. You know, there, there are some definitely heavy plot games, but uh, this one's all about the farming <laughs> and relationships, the friends you make along the way. Ryan, did you uh, like the plot of this one quite a bit? Uh, I mean, it, sh- it sure exists. <laughs> I, I- um, I mean, it gets the story. It gets it done. Yeah. Yep. I. I mean, be, no one's going to be writing an Academy Award for this one, but uh. So so at the same time, the are you really off. playing Rune Factory for the plot? I mean, to no, me, the, no. okay. the plot is making you're sure you're farming and you're getting married. Here. That's what you want to do. You, yeah, you yeah. want to boink the waifus and plow the fields, or do you want to plow the waifus? <laughs> other way around. Fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's the other way around. But yep. to, to me, yeah. the plot is what gets in the way of the dungeons opening up is what it is. And it's like, okay, I've done all I can do. Now it's time to go advance the plot enough so that I can go do more dungeons Mm -hmm. than role credits. Especially considering that third arc. So, uh, spoilers. Got an air. Um, you, you get to, if you're male or female in this game, I think this is the first one that did that. Um, the first rune factory that let you choose at least with the numbered four that you could do that. And, um, you're traveling in an airship to the town of Selfia. You're supposed to de- meet and deliver a gift to the god there, the dragon god that's there. Um, some soldiers come on the ship, get in a fight. You get hit in the head, you know, because you got to develop amnesia somehow. And you get thrown off the airship. And you happen to land, you know, just perfectly in the town of Selfia on the dragon who introduces herself as uh, Ventuswell. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. How- yeah, we'll go with that. Ven- Ventuswell. Yeah, Ventuswell. I think that's how you pronounce yep. it. Doesn't she call her Venti, or your character? Yes, she, yeah, I believe she gets that nickname pretty quickly. Yeah. The caffeinated dragon. <laughs> the large caffeinated dragon. She's not hey, just No, grande. hang on, we're not allowed to use that term. It's copyrighted. <laughs> so, well, this uh, native dragon, she's the dragon of the divine wind, um, thinks that you're this either prince or princess that's supposed to be coming to the town. And everybody's like, oh, you're the prince, you're the princess. You can't remember. So you're like, OK, whatever. Um, but pretty 
pretty quickly the actual prince shows up it's arthur um but this guy's kind of a lazy bum a little bit he's like you know what why don't you just take over the princely jobs on this town and you're basically set to grow the town although it doesn't physically grow very much while you're there but you're you're there to attract tourists you want to gain trust from the villagers um you want to unlock features um start what is it festivals open new shops all the time there and there's these as i was reading the description and put in here there's a mysterious force at work in nearby dungeons that's in need in need of investigations um Every time you go into one of those dungeons, you get to the boss at the end. That boss turns out to be a human that was somehow turned into a beast and or you bring them back. Humanoid. Humanoid, yes. I mean, everybody in, in Neverland is, you know, human adjacent. It's got that <laughs> they walk, weird an- they talk. It's got that weird animal people vibe going for it's not yep. quite furry, but they still have animal ears and tails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you had Mermaid in the third one. And so, you know, everybody's kind of close. Close enough, close enough to plow the fields. But, you know, you end up in the first arc of the story, you end up beating four different bosses. They all turn out to be these guardians that are kind of doing something like sacrificing themselves for the greater good, keeping up runes in the world, um, keeping Venti alive. um, And eventually you rescue them all from what they've been doing, turn them back into their mostly human form. And that ends the first arc of the story. Everything seems kind of okay. I, I can't remember if you actually roll credits at that point. I think you do. Yeah. You do. You can roll credits mm-hmm. multiple times in this game. So the second thing, ha- the second arc begins. And this deals, you know, talk about plowing fields. Then you have the sex empire. <clears throat> oh, maybe I said that wrong. It's the uh, Sech, S-E-C-H, you know. Speaking of plowing this, fields. <laughs> plowing fields, yeah. This uh, sexy empire next door. Well, they've been they're They're causing problems. And also by ending all the uh, guardians that were helping with the runes, that is actually they were helping keep Venti alive. Well, now Venti's kind of fading. Um, the second arc is all about going into the empire's land and it's got native dragon stuff and rune jibbity jabbity and one of the bad guys even manages to like merge with Venti and you beat them and hey, it's peace again. But the cost is Venti dies. She calls to you one night. And what's funny about this game is Venti is the big dragon that is like takes up an entire room right in the center of the uh, town that you're in. Like you sleep right next door to this great room in a palace, which really isn't a palace, just town hall, basically in the middle of the town. And Venti's just there, big, big old dragon, middle of town. Um, but she disappears, goes to the Forest of Beginnings, which is um, every time you beat a monster in a Rune Factory game, a little bit of energy floats away from them. And it talks about how they returned to the Forest of Beginnings. So Rune Factory heaven. Uh, and it, you know what? It, the, the, hearing that, it kind of reminds me of how the Feywild works in certain wars. Mm-hmm. Um that fey creatures don't die, they just return to the fey realm. Mm-hmm. It's probably invoking a little bit of that. And that's the end of arc two, and you get credits again. So, you know, and I, I say this kind of, you know, in a couple of paragraphs, and it's been about 20, 30 hours of gameplay. Then the third arc of the story, which is generally considered to be kind of post-game, you're like, you know what, maybe, maybe Venti didn't have to die. Let, let's bring her back. So there's a large area called the Runa Prada that you go through. It's got uh, seven big bosses, seven different areas. And it, this is where shit gets real battle wise. Um, and you can as long you get through it all, beat the bad guy at the end. And 
Venti can return to town and return to the realm and she's back and then you can just keep playing forever. So, so this is the big difficulty spike I was hearing. Uh, yeah, arc three. Yeah, it gets yeah. real in arc three. Yeah, I know I was I pulled up the game earlier today and I was looking and I hadn't completed arc three for the switch title. I got close to the end. I think I was about um, five or six levels deep out of seven. And I was level 135. My waifu was 136. And I had like a level, oh gosh, I wrote it down here, like a level 250 beast with me. And uh, like I stopped because I was at a wall and I was on easy mode. So <laughs> it, it gets pretty tough there. Um, there's a bonus maze that you can run over and over again and really pick up a lot of good stuff. Um, it opens after the end of arc two. You can use some of your prince points to, uh, I think it's the Sharon's maze, is it called? Um, and it's got six different sections. It's got 10 floors, um, that are randomly generated and you will end up fighting bosses from the first Rune Factory game. The next 10 floors are from Rune Factory 2. Next 10 floors have bosses from Rune Factory 3. Then there's a level of like 12 floors with Rune Factory 4 bosses. And then there's a 20 and 30 level section that has just tons of souped up bosses from uh, the fourth game. But you can start getting weapons. And I, I, one of the big reasons to keep running this maze until you die is to uh, or warp out of there. Uh, you'll find a lot of weapons in there. I was recruiting monsters that were well above my level. That's why I'm like a level 130 with a level 250 monster companion. Um, and you get recipe recipe bread plus. So you can start learning the uh, the top level gear and weapons in the game, like level 80 and above kind of recipes that I don't think you learn from the old baker, that little portly guy. What was his name? Porcelain? Porcelain? I think it's Porcelain. Porcelain. Isn't he supposed to be like a little pig? His Japanese yeah. name is like Poruku something. So, and yes, he's oh. he's very um, porcine. <laughs> he is a part of the Sanda Kaki family. He is a glutton so legendary that the food he cooks for his customers often doesn't make it to the table. <laughs> and that is a running joke. If you sort of <laughs> talk to him as your relationship with the different uh, people in town goes up. Yeah, that starts coming up in conversations. I love you. Here's another one. A chef who owns the local eatery. A merciful weirdo helping anyone in need who thinks of Margaret as if she were his own daughter. If he offers to cook for a meal for you, watch him or else he might scarf it down before you could even get a bite. <laughs> so that's the plot. But that's not why you play Rune Factory games. Much like that's not why you play a Harvest Moon. You're playing it to do what we said earlier. You're plowing one way or the other. So we've got the farming, and I, I, I want to say this is the game that took the farming to kind of ridiculous levels, because if you look at the soil with the um, kind of, was it used the, they got always got a magnifying glass, you can check out the soil, and like the soil, you could be like, oh, the soil's level like 6.54 right now, and you can use crops on it you can uh, put fertilizer on it you can use uh, i know corns and corn and weeds if you hoe them into the dirt so many they corns. will uh, so many corn yeah like that's what you that's the whole point take the corn cobs bury them in the ground which isn't that what the native americans did with the uh or, or they bury fish with the corn can't remember there's always that thanksgiving tale in the united states of they caught the uh, fish yeah i think they buried a fish next to each seed so that it fertilizer basically but yeah in this game you you're so each individual square of soil levels up 
Um, your crops can level up. You can get crops up to level 10. Uh, they can become gigantic. Yes, that's my favorite thing to do. I do. Yep. Is it four in this one? A two by two grid makes a gigantic yep. turnip two two. or a gigantic yep. strawberry or yep. So that's always fun to do. Um, so, I mean, you can just the farming you could spend forever on just min maxing and getting the different crops Um like a Harvest Moon game, what is it, four weeks of six days, or is it five weeks of six days to make 30-day seasons? Yes. Spring, summer, fall, winter? Something like yeah. that. Uh, it's. I think it's like four weeks, six days? Might yeah. be four. I don't think there's I know There are always six days, though. There's always... Yeah. I don't think there's... 30 days in a month in Ruin Factory. Okay. But I might be misremembering. Wait, no, wait, it was... You always know when I'm getting serious in a farming game when I break out the spreadsheet to okay, figure no, out. I think it was... <laughs> yes, it's either four or five weeks, but I, I always know they was, always have the... It was 30 uh, days. days. It's like thir- I think it's 30, it's 30 days. days. Yeah. I, I want to say there were crops that took like 28 days to grow or something like that, and if you didn't plant them right at the beginning or didn't use the uh, fast growth stuff on it, it, they'd be dead before the next season began or dead when the next season began. So lots of farming to do. Um, Of course, when you get this town, when you get to town and they start giving you everything, the first thing they do is, hey, there's a farm out back. Can you, you know, take care of that? And it's, you know, covered in leaves and dead grass and sticks all over the place. And then the rocks that you can't break until you get a better um you know what is it the hammer, hammer. later on yeah yeah and until you get a better axe you can't get rid of the big tree roots and all that stuff that being said there's a nice rune factory staple that continues in four which is seasonal fields yes as you go through the different dungeons and not of all not all of them are dungeons at the beginning they're more like oh it's just this area of the map leads to a boss because i think the first one's the springtime one with the flower lady boss and, and yeah there's fields there that will stay springtime forever and then you know you find the winter ones you find the fall ones you find the summer ones as you go through i felt they were a little bit more organic in this game than in the third game yeah so the third so- game was more island and you know you were literally floating to like the spring island right the summer island yeah now were you guys as disturbed as i was by the when you get additional fields the space defying uh, fields <laughs> oh another yes, room yeah. factory staple <laughs> Space and time do not uh, flow exactly at the same pace here in this world. See, I couldn't remember if the other games were like that or not. In this one, you open up what the the east field and the west field, and it just like a, a break and the shrubs on the side of your field opens up, and all of a sudden, there's a whole other gigantic field just as big right next door. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute. But that should is- be in the middle of town, so... <laughs> Like, how is this possibly fitting in? Oh, my God, they've got Time Lord technology. Um, and then you, you can add barns to your field to ca- catch monsters like in other Rune Factory games, too. Yep, you can build, uh, I want to say you can build different layers to your farm. So you can have four, or is it, oh, no, they expand sideways, too, because I actually remember where my wolf was. Um, they are also space-defying. When you walk in, they're bigger on the inside, and then they expand <laughs> out and up or something like that. Because, yeah, you can build a barn, but then you can expand that barn to hold more, and there's other rooms. I, I do appreciate that in this game, um, a, a, no matter what monsters you tame, you get something out of them. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. you've got you've got your typical she- sheep and cows and chickens that you can tame, but also, like, wolves give out claws and ants give out um i think mandibles and then and they carapace get, yeah 
and the, the stuff gets bigger or better quality, the better you take care of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you get the goblin archers and you'll find arrowheads. It's basically the stuff that um, I want to say it's the stuff that you get when you defeat them anyway. The random yeah. drops. Mm-hmm. It's nice to take the randomness out. Just recruit them, throw them in your barn, feed them well, mm-hmm. rub them down every day with the brush, and uh, and then you can re- deep in that stuff. And, and then you can recruit them to do your farm work for you. Yes, you can. They can do the farm work. They can be taken with you into battle because this was the first game you could start taking two people into battle with you. You could take uh, the town folk and you could take the monsters with you. Um, I usually had one human, one monster. With oh. me at all times. That's what I did too. Um, yeah, I loved in this with the town folk. You could give them the stuff like, oh, you know, they they start at level one and they level up as you take them around. But they've just got you know crappy old little copper sword and a pot lid as a shield. But you can craft a shield, walk up and give it to them as a gift, and then they equip it. So no. you can deck them out. Mm. Now, could you tame bosses in this game? Yes, this was the first one to do boss taming. Okay, because I I know it's convoluted to tame bosses, but um, possible. So you can get some of their rare drops, too. Mm -hmm. So, like a lot of these games, you have a lot of missions that you can do or, you know, requests throughout the town. Mm -hmm. This is the one that started and then it continued into uh, Rune Factory 5, kind of. You get, is it Eliza? Eliza? Yeah, Eliza. Eliza. It's just a mailbox that... From the angle that it's turned and the way the door is opened and the hat that's Excuse on it. it like but the Eliza coat. is not just a mailbox. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. She can talk, but only the oh. Earthmates like you can hear her. So, yeah, she'll like a... And isn't she pretty sassy? Yeah, just a tad. So... She's the one that keeps track of requests that you have, like, oh, hey, somebody needs three eggs or whatever. Of course, you can get them straight from the people, too, but there's a lot of requests that just go through her. Meeting the requests in this game gets you the prince points or the princess points, whatever you go. And that's how you upgrade things in town and unlock a bunch of stuff. Um, Beating boss gets you some prince points, too. You can start ordering festivals because there are some festivals that happen. The egg festival always goes on. I think the fishing festival always goes on. But you can take it from like one or two per season to like some seasons have like one every week that you can order new festivals to occur. Um, You can increase the size of your backpack. so You can hold more stuff. You can increase the size of your uh, cabinet by your bed, the size of the refrigerator to hold a lot more goods that would spoil. At the end, you can order the bonus dungeon. I think you can start Basically, the new shops here. Basically, if it's got some... a size limitation, you can bigen it with points. Yep, yep. It, it drove I think me... You can... Sorry. It, it drove me nuts that the furniture you got in your room, I could never quite get to line up perfectly. Because you end up with a lot of furniture, and it's it's stuff you need, like all, all the different cooking stations and the forge. and. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. You end up with like five or six different cooking things. I get like the steam pot and the stove and the stove top and the uh-huh. air microwave or, or the, the water. That's the stove top. But the, the, it ends up being a bunch. Oh, the cooking pan. And I definitely always expanded. There's a room that you could build just north of where your bed is because your bed's like one of the few things that you can't move. But much like the uh, space and time defying extra fields, you can open up extra rooms and they're just, hey, right there. And there's a whole nother room. I didn't I didn't find it as bad in this game as it is in number five. Number five's just being way more three D. Mm. <laughs> you can uh, put oh. those things at yeah. every freaking angle. God, like like 
plus the collision between items means you have to like space them out in a weird Mm -hmm. way oh oh we'll get into how bad five annoyed me with that stuff (laughs) i promise you yeah four wasn't perfect but (laughs) it was better than others Uh, i I love the graphical style in it i thought that it was charming um, mm-hmm. especially the Switch version where they really up all of the textures. Um, so it's just everything just looked a little less pixelated and a little smoother, which I appreciated. But, you know, people want their pixel games. Look at how much Stardew Valley sold. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you need like a Rune Factory classic that sells for $25 and uh, tries to uh, regather the, mag- the magic of uh, a Stardew Valley. But I mean... <sighs> Like Stardew Valley, these there's tons of different people in town, and you get to know all of them. Like you can talk to them; they're always walking around, doing different stuff. Um, whereas Stardew Valley, I think the town looks so big that it's hard to find people sometimes because mm-hmm. they span out. In in Rune Factory, I mean, the town's what maybe eight nine screens. Mm-hmm. So and it's I, usually pretty easy to find them. I, I believe you can see their little heads on the map where they are, too. Yep, yep. As long as you know who you're looking for, you can usually find them pretty quickly because they're right there on that many. And in the 3DS era, they were on the, right there on the bottom screen. Because <laughs> that, that is one thing that drives me crazy about Stardew Valley. I always have to download a mod for this to uh, put the little heads on the map. Because <laughs> otherwise, they, they could be anywhere. Oh, yeah. I just... For Stardew Valley, I just have to look. I look at a chart. And I'm like, well, it's Tuesday at ten. Where are they supposed to be? Cool. <laughs> and and then you know you're waiting outside their bedroom for them to come out so you could bestow them with presents, and that's not stalkery at all. No, but hey, you do that here too. That's a Rune <laughs> Factory staple. Give them all their give them all their gifts. Um, Anna, what was it called? The event was it just called like town events in this game? I think so question mark because there was always random things going on but it was really random in this game you had to make sure you were at a certain place at a certain time when certain people were together which is what led to the problems with the 3ds version well i mean the so do we want to sort of get into what changed between the two games so that we can talk about that yeah, because um, all, all the problems were kind of foreign to me <laughs> since I only played the Switch sure. version. Go ahead, Anna. So I, I think the one thing that we want to talk about is how you triggered Arc 3, which mm-hmm. was you had to have a certain level of friendship with two or three characters, and Doug was one of them, but Doug is largely unavailable through the second story arc. So Doug and at least a couple of other people, maybe one or two, have to be at least friendship level seven. And um, there's like an easy way to figure out if you're ready to trigger that, because if you put Doug and one of the other people that are required for it in your party, if you wake up and they're no longer in your party, that's how you know that you can go in and trigger the event. Um, But the problem was, is on top of that friendship requirement, um, it just had a really flat, low chance of that particular town event occurring. And it was in a pool of a whole bunch of other events. And so it was really challenging to actually get the third story arc started um, just because there was a high barrier of entry. Um, In the Switch version, I don't know exactly how they fixed it. I want to guess 
and I, I truly don't know for sure, so this is just a guess, is that they put that third story arc in its own pool and upped the chance of it occurring. Um, but once you hit those friendship requirements, it was pretty much guaranteed to happen within, mm-hmm. I think, a couple of weeks of uh, the end of the second story arc. Yeah, when I played it for review, it happened within a day or two. Like, it was very quick. Within that first week of post-game story, it, it just triggered and I never saw any complaints on any other review site about it. I mean, I didn't sit and reset and try not to have it happen. I mean, I remember talking to Alex back then. I was like, I'm going to put in there that it was pretty seamless. I don't know if I just got lucky or not, but I don't see anybody else complaining about it. So I guess so I fixed it. <laughs> to, to give you a, a comparison just from my own experience, um, I played for an in-game year trying to get Arc 3 to trigger on the 3DS version and couldn't. Um, yeah, I played it for about a week on the Switch version and got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did, uh, correct me if it's one of you, but didn't famously one of one of the reviewers who did the DS version um, was worried that they wouldn't be able to review it because they couldn't trigger that third arc and roll final credits? I mean, in terms of RP Gamer, that would not have been a, a deal breaker for a review, although I definitely feel like there were... A lot of fans who read reviews and tried to suss out if the reviewer had gotten the third arc just because of how difficult it was. Okay, gotcha. Because te- technically it's like a post-game Dragon Quest arc, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? It's got three arcs, kind of like I was th- thinking in my head the other day. Like, it's a lot like Dragon Quest Eleven. you know? There was a death, you know? You might want to do arc three to undo that. Didn't have timey-wimey stuff, but it, yeah, it's like that. Cause, cause you I... want the better ending, you can get a better ending. Because I got stuck in arc two um, trying to get married because the, the stupid fox just wouldn't accept or wouldn't love me. <laughs> uh, love me. Well, love me, Mr. Fox. Um, so, so yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I unfortunately never went back to it, and I, I felt really bad about that because I loved. I mean, I loved every second of this game. It's just another one of those under <laughs> in my collection that. I played and got distracted and never went back to, unfortunately. And and it sucks because I love our our, our Rune Factory games. What's funny is I was reading through a couple of the reviews today about this, other than my own for this one. uh, I happen to be on our bitter rival RPG fan um, website and reading theirs and... (laughs) Bitter rival. Somebody... (laughs) (laughs) Every time... I've I've had Mike Solosi of their... uh, retro encounter podcast on my podcast and every time i've talked to him or messaged him or something i always mention the rivalry and he just rolls his eyes he's like yeah maybe it's only one-sided maybe it's just me but uh it's a great site it's fun they're fine but the reviewer wrote something just like what you said kelly he's like you know what i can't call any of these systems the battle of the farming or whatever it's a system that i really love but dear god i loved every hour i played this game mm-hmm. you just you get into that farming loop and every day when you get when you go to see your fields and they're full of crops it's just that pure dopamine hit um to, to the point where to, to finish the game for the night i have to like literally don't wake up not wake up the next morning because it's like oh well i'll harvest my stuff and i'll go to bed okay well i need to rewater you know getting into that that loop oh yeah because that's that's how the game saves the game saves when you sleep so 
you're instantly waking up and then you're like, well, if I walk outside, I want to do this and I want to do that. And yeah. Well, next thing uh, you go, there's another 15 or 20 minutes gone. Yep. Um, at least uh, both on the Switch and 3DS versions, you could put the... Well, I guess you could put it in sleep mode in the DS versions, too. Yeah. No, that was Stardew Valley that that was a big de- deal being able to put it in sleep mode because people thought it was cheating. Uh, when it came out on, like, Switch or Vita or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. But but whatever. I, I for one, enjoy sleep mode I, to the point to where when I go back to an older system like the PS3, I get angry that it's not there. <laughs> See, for me, the thing I love to do most in these games is the alchemy because, gosh, there's just so much in this game. There's, what, six, seven, eight different weapon types alone. Mm -hmm. And each one of those weapon types from, like, short sword, long sword, spear, um, hammer, battle axe, wands, because you could just go crazy with magic in this game. Uh, Wands, and uh, I want to say there's at least one or two else maybe I'm not thinking of. But there's... There could be 30, 40, 50 of those of each one of those weapon types in the game. And they all have a different level. And then you can get those items in each level. Each one of those can be, what is it, combined or recrafted 10 times. Like you could combine a ruby with your level one sword. And that might add a fire or, you know, add 10 attack to it. Then you can take a diamond and combine it with your sword. They might add 50 attack. Or you can take a fire crystal and add it to your sword and that may give it the fire attribute so now you're at a plus 60 with a fire attribute and what's funny is all the crops in the game do the same thing you could add corn to your sword and that might add a little bit of defense to it or some lettuce to it might increase your intelligence when you have that equipped or something like that so you know every time i'd learn a new recipe you know every maybe four or five levels in the game as i'd get better at crafting i have discovered a new recipe (laughs) yep you get that new recipe and suddenly like oh crap man i can start crafting level 40 stuff um so i think you can do you can craft something about five levels above your crafting level it just takes more stamina to do so Mm -hmm. but by golly if you can do it you're gonna level up your uh crafting and everything's got a level in rune factory every <clears throat> every freaking thing that you do you ever you have like a walking stat a walking level you're just walking around it's like your walking level increased you have a sleeping level so you actually want yes, to you go do. to bed every, you yep, can stay up you can all night your you sleeping can stay level. out all night but you actually kind of do want to sleep because it gives you good core stats mm-hmm. <laughs> yep i mean everything's got a level like swinging the freaking hoe in the ground you know e- eating Eating. Yep. Every I, single thing. I can't remember just crafting talking, potions. Just talking to people have a level. I don't know. It helps their your friendship level with them. Ah, uh, okay. Because every person's got a friendship level, even if they're just a town folk that is not a marriage candidate. And no. this one would this one have six male and six female marriage candidates? I believe so. Uh, I looked up something today. I'll, I'll save it for the final lap because uh, I thought it was funny that I found a, uh, you know, clickbait. Um, ranking of all marriage candidates and of course the one that i picked both times was dead last (laughs) so So, probably because it was the easiest but because of the gap between playing the first three games and this one i somehow got in my head that this was the first one that had recipe bread as to how you learned crafting recipes and oh i'm sorry anna did you say something no i i heard kelly say this, she thought it was the first one that there was recipe breads, 
and then she said, and bzzzt, and she stopped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah also, I stopped because I couldn't tell if I was roboting out or not. Um, Ryan's back, and we have wheels. I see wheels. Bye. Hello. Hello. So, yeah, I can't remember if this is the first instance of recipe bread or not. I, I want to say three was because, two, I felt like you still had to go to the uh, school to learn stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it's also been, like, literally a decade since I played the DS ones. But, my God, trying to trying to get your level, your, like, weapon levels up and your wef- weapon crafting up. And you think you're high enough and then you go buy a whole bunch of weapon bread and it's like, I haven't learned anything yet. See, and that's why you you got to do the, you know, everything combines here. I, I would get a bunch of corn or whatever, or whatever fruit of the day was like, let's say I'm like level 30 in weapon crafting. And I would just take a bunch of fruit and combine it with whatever freaking sword was laying around and get that sword up to level 10, even though the stats wouldn't go very high. But you'd get that credit for combining your level 30 corn with your level 30 broadsword or whatever it was a good way just to grind yeah you you really had to think outside the box in terms of Uh how you were going to approach leveling up different types of skills because yeah if all you were doing was crafting basic weapons you were not gonna get anywhere no and the the basic weapons took a lot of resources so yeah and unfortunately i don't think i learned that um alchemy trick don't feel bad the game doesn't teach you about it yeah it truly doesn't it's just something like yeah after after a bunch of games you kind of realize like Like, what what can i do like i feel like the one place that rune factory needs to do better is tutorializing which is funny because they have tutorials throughout the entire game where they're like, oh, okay, now I'll grow big crops. Okay, now I'll grow level 10 crop kind of stuff. So so for the, the basic farming, it feels like they're good about tutorializing it, but then other nuanced systems like that, not so much. And you'd think those would I mean, be the systems what... that need it most too, right? Because yeah, there's exactly, so many exactly. farming sims at this point that... A lot of things, like, I mean, uh, I mean, I played few farming sims, but even I picked up the farming stuff pretty quick. It was like everything else. It was like uh, very confusing. <laughs> well, especially what I was saying earlier, like with the levels of the crops and everything and how the ground, if you continually plant stuff, the levels will go down. So you got to remember to use this on it. Or I think it does. You get a mission early on that tells you to put some dead grass on there and hit it with the hoe. So to boost it. And I will say a lot of the tutorials go through the uh, the missions you get from the mailbox. Sorry, I've already forgot her name. Eliza. Eliza, <laughs> sorry. It, you know, because it'll tell you, it'll be like grow, you know, your mission now, one of your missions can be grow a level five radish. It's like, you know, doing this, you can use this stuff on the ground to bolster it. But no, a lot of that, like, you know, how to get your level skill up there is, I, don't, I, I think it's, just the fact that there's so much in the game and there's just so much to do like you said the sleeping levels go up the running levels go up this level goes up this level it goes up at some point how many times do you have a tutorial compared to you know letting people figure some stuff out on their own it's a tough balance just because there's so much i'm sure someone out there has a min max walking guide (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, you think of a game like Stardew Valley and what it has two pages of pictures of recipes. Mm-hmm. You know, there may be 50, 60 recipes in there. And like I said, you know, you could have 50, 60 recipes just for short swords and swords. And that doesn't even include all the helmets and all the shields and all the armor and accessories. Is only like, yeah. Oh, accessories. Yeah. Because you've got all the brooches. Oh my and gosh. Don't get me started on accessories. There's so many of them. <laughs> oh, they're hard to craft. Yes, they are. That that's a whole other one. That we're talking about cooking. There's a whole crafting table. Crafting table. There's a uh, what is it? The alchemy table where you can make potions because you can make potions too and medicines. Me grinding the yawn begones, whatever <laughs> the heck they're called. I, there's like I, one. I, it's, what was it? It's maybe a an awaken or a yawny. I don't remember what it's called. But there's one sort of status effect item that there is like four different iterations of the recipe, or maybe three different iterations of the recipe recipe and like they require different sort of tiers of materials that you find during early middle and end game and so it's like it's the recipe that never ends it just goes on and on (laughs) but you have different materials each time yeah a lot of the medicines can just be made from flowers but a lot of those flowers are late game kind of stuff and i think that's what all i grew flowers for in these games are to give away as gifts and to make potions (laughs) But yeah, that, you're right. There, there's many different ways to do that. And you just keep learning different recipes. I don't know. So I, that, to me, that's where I spend most of my time in this game is actually sitting in my little cooking, alchemy, crafting room. I know in my game, uh, because I had a bunch of the trees planted, I would give out smoothies to all the townsfolk. Because mm. I, I, I really didn't use it for healing items that much, so I found them the most useful as gifts. Because most of the time, you can give them pretty much any, anything, and they'll like it. There might be, like, one character that hates smoothies. Um, that that being said, it, it does kind of drive me nuts that we've, we've gone through so many Rune Factory games, and not a lot of them are transparent about who likes what. Like, you don't have a notebook that uh, keeps track of all of that stuff. You've got to, you know, keep a wiki page open at all times which can get a little annoying after a while i just yeah i just kind of wing it and hope for the best i just throw things at I, people if they don't yeah. like it too bad i mean <laughs> i think i definitely I usually remember. keep a three by five card nearby and write down stuff <laughs> i have my cheat sheet so, we, so we've gotten we've gone into the story um we kind did we kind of go into the characters we haven't talked about any of the characters really i mean other than the uh chef we go through all the bride and groom people at least yeah yeah uh, i'll just kind of read one uh how about is it dolby she's the uh I think she's the person that appeared she can talk to ghosts oh she's kind of creepy yeah, the yeah, the the, the gothic, I don't know, gothic character she kind of yes yeah, yeah. Wait, are you trying she to say Dolce? Dolce, oh yeah, my god, yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking it was Dolce. <laughs> I was, I'm like, it's going through my mind, and my mind is slowly trying to tick over what Matt is saying. It's like, ah, I know what he's <laughs> saying now. See, I couldn't remember. And see, I play these with, I play these so much on mute. I, I mean, they've got a little bit of voice acting, and it's decent. Well, um, well, yeah. Kelly, I was looking at the voice actors' names, and they're all your big bangers from the yep. Uh, 2010s. Yep, uh, Matt, Matt Bursar. Um, g- gosh, but basically the critical role cast, more or less. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I know that it always becomes a thing that in every game I play that I end up liking Matt Mercer's character, independent of the fact that he voices. 
them, even though he is cute. I hope he doesn't listen to this. Yuri Lowenthal was Doug. Yeah, Matt Mercer was Leon. Wendy Lee. Laura Bailey. Hey, that was Dolce. So Dolce is kind of the creepy one. Here, uh, Leon. Yeah, Leon was the fox guy. More of a late game boss. Yeah, there was a whole dungeon. Leon Karnak or whatever like named after him mm-hmm. and he was the boss at the end of it yeah and he yeah, was a, a big old the final dungeon of the first story arc yeah i believe so yeah and he was a big so, old yeah, fox he, demon he's got a big old headdress and a peacock feather fan here in the art i remember he, him he is the requisite, i look like i'm 16 but in reality i am hundreds of years old <laughs> so it's oh, okay yeah. to lust a... after me <laughs> <laughs> I also remember him being He's actually hundreds of years old. I also remember him being one of the few characters that would actually accept poisoned items as gifts because for some reason he liked poison stuff. Uh, <laughs> I know. You don't live to be hundreds I mean, of years old likes without uh, having a little too, bit of resistance. There. So it's not like Leon's weird tastes are unique in this game. No. It's just always funny to get that one character that likes like sea urchins. Mm. <laughs> All right, so we had a couple butlers that work in the palace there. Well, you know, the palace that you live in. You got a uh, Clorica who likes to uh, fall asleep well, a lot. Well, she's 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 tired a lot, <laughs> but she can actually she can work while she sleeps. And then there's uh, the other butler is Vishnal. Vishnal. He was my husbando in the 3DS game. <laughs> mm. Is he? Married? I just I remember, wanted a man I... who would wait on me hand and foot. <laughs> is, is that the older butler? No. Vishnal okay, is, so Vishnal oh, no, and no, no. Korika are like related somehow. Vishnal is the younger one with like the blue gray hair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's plenty of older people that you, that I'm just kind of going through the marriage candidates because I had that open. I, I looked at my review for the Switch game and I got one where he's just screaming at you like, just tell me what to do so I can become the best butler in the world. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad I used that screenshot. That's pretty funny. So um, is it Dillis or Dylas? Dylas. Another Dylas. Dylas. Yeah, that was, mm-hmm. I think, the second boss, I want to say. Yeah, he's one of the bosses. Is um, he like a wolf? Horse. Yeah, he's oh. my husbando in the Switch version. <laughs> yeah. He he was before Leon came in to the plate. Uh, <laughs> and, and and yeah, him being a horse, he, he likes carrots. Okay. <laughs> That's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> he's he's just he's so easy to woo because carrots are ridiculously easy to grow. Mm-hmm. And they're cheap. Mm-hmm. I think you like I think he likes sashimi too. Yeah, he. I think he likes raw. Oh, they all have a long. I think if you just hand him a fish, he'll be happy. Yeah. So, apparently, my choice of husbands are servitude and easy. <laughs> <laughs> we got it's Margaret great. the elf. Margaret is such a cute really... story. Um, I ended up watching a YouTube video of her relationship scenes just because I always play as a girl when I play Rune Factory Four, and I kind of wanted to see like what wooing her would be like because you sort of get a little bit of it in some of her friendship scenes, but like Margaret is an elf surrounded by humans and she's just petrified of like loving and losing all of the human people around her that she's just going to outlive. Mm -hmm. Always the elven tragedy. So what about Doug, our little uh, redhead? Doug is a twat waffle. (laughs) (laughs) He's like 12. Well, he complains all the time. He works in what, the uh, store? 
Yeah, he works with uh, that like old lady. He has it reading this here. He has a tendency to complain a lot and much lazier than the other villages. He's motivated by food, but otherwise it's hard to keep his attention. Lazier than the blacksmith? Because the blacksmith was pretty lazy. I feel like the blacksmith is lazy in a funny tropey way. Okay. And Doug is lazy in a whiny little cranky teenager. <laughs> kind of way. Mm-hmm. He's got angst. In case you couldn't tell, I don't like Doug. <laughs> Doug is Doug is that annoying little brother. That you fu- that you just f- fucking put up with. All right, we have Amber. She was the first boss, if I'm not mistaken. She was a monster that became human. She can fly thanks to her wings. Oh, the butterfly boss. Am I right? So yeah, that ends was- up becoming a pretty staple party member for me. I don't ever feel interested in wooing her. And I didn't even look up her scenes because I just really wasn't interested in her as a romantic partner. <laughs> but solid party member. Two thumbs up. All right, I'm going to kill this name here. Thio Pei? Thio Pei? Clumsy girl. She works oh, at the town inn. Zhao Pai? Zhao Pai? In girl. <laughs> in girl. There we go. That's yeah. the correct pronunciation. Thank you, Will. You're welcome. <laughs> She's kind of got a plain Jane kind of character sprite. She's kind of got grayish hair. That's the marriage candidate I went with, and I could never figure out how to pronounce her name. <laughs> I just... Um, I don't think try. <laughs> I don't think I would have ever wanted to put in the work to woo her because she doesn't like she doesn't like anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I'm even looking here. It's like she has fewer loves than some of the other characters, making her hard to court. Yeah, trying to figure out why the why I did this, and I don't remember. <laughs> this was your hard mode. You like playing games on hard mode? Maybe. <laughs> well, it's I you know I just pulled up my save on 3ds and it's on hard. <laughs> So, there you go. Perfect. You have the Prince Arthur. Okay, I guess you can woo the prince. My favorite thing to do to get my friendship up with him real fast was to go to the... Because um, he stays inside of the the cookery. And so you go there, buy a recipe bread, throw a recipe bed at him, leave. <laughs> Just the morning drive-by every dinner. day. Here, have some bread. Thunk. All right, I'm out of here. He, he likes turnips, too. So that's a pretty easy staple to uh, make. Oh, that's right. And he likes the, the dish that's like cut turnips, too. Turnip mm. sashimi. <laughs> I Probably one of the first really knife is. dishes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that. Talking about cooking things. That was another one. You just have the knife board where you're making all the sashimi. So let's see. Then you got Keel. Isn't he the younger yeah, brother, younger brother of, of Forte? Yep. Who's our last marriage candidate. I, I, I don't remember much about Keel. I'm looking at him here. It doesn't even like he, Keel plays a bit of a weird role in the game. He's a character that likes to gossip about rumors. Other than gossiping, he talks with his friends and he loves to read. So does he not do anything really? Uh, Keel is Forte's little brother, I believe. Yeah. He is, yeah. That is like the extent of his identity. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, good kid, but yeah, whatever. And then Forte is the female knight who guards the town. She's another big staple uh, in my party. Uh, Before I get a really thing. solid like monster party member that I want to fill with, it's like mm-hmm. give me Forte and Amber in my party. And yeah, just we're the lesbian brigade. Off we go. Yeah, yeah. Forte was was definitely my bestie in the game she was my waifu <laughs> i ended up using her one of the few human characters i used in my party mainly because she was wanted to be around me the most or like when i would call on her to come be a party member she would be 
up for it the most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah, is she, she definitely sees, a, yes. her job. Mm-hmm. It's a big baddie of, of Forte. She's always available. She never leaves either. And I don't I don't know if we've talked about that. There there are times where if you're out exploring a dungeon, your party member will be like, you know what? I just need to be somewhere else. Peace. <laughs> it's why I rarely used humans um, in, in any of the Rune Factory games because I got tired of them leaving all the time, but not her for some reason. Uh, well, she's yeah a knight. Yeah. Yeah, it's her I, job. She has, she's yeah. just fucking loyal. <laughs> Get you a girl as loyal as Forte. <laughs> so there's, I mean, there's other, we mentioned there's a blacksmith. There's a bunch of other people in town as well. Yeah. Uh, was it, There's a couple people that come back from Rune Factory 3 that pass through. They're there every so often. Merchants, I believe, or... I feel like they're mostly just there to fill slots in, like, events. <laughs> mm-hmm. Show up for some, uh, to win a contest, at the to be in the bathing suit on the uh, swimming days in the summer. <laughs> so all right, is there, I was going to say, are we uh, tapped out we... of all the game systems and all the stuff oh. we want to yeah, broadly talk we're... about and then get to the round table? Yeah, I think we're sort of wrapping up. I also, I'm, I'm a bad host. I forgot to look up prices for this game. Uh, I mean, you can, if you are still nostalgic for your 3DS, you can probably get a copy of the 3DS version, but I imagine it shot up quite a bit. Honestly, the tricky part is no. finding a real cartridge. Yeah. It, it, uh, this is actually an under $20 cartridge. Okay. I, I would have lost that bet then. Usually... Looking at a, some video game charting, it's actually on its way down. Ah. You know, it started around 2020 when the uh, remake came. So uh, as for the remake, I mean, it's on all the platforms. I imagine it g- goes on. So was this a $40 game? I feel like that's what I paid I mean, for it when I, it, I bought it, it. I think it was. I got the special edition, so I'm not sure. So my that's perception right. of the price is a little skewed because I decided you that I was going to wait until it went on sale. And then like the second week the game was out, it went half price in the uk (laughs) so i was just like whatever i'll just play the pal version and i yoloed it from the uk there there you go i have no idea what the ps4 version costs because i literally played it through review code yeah that's the thing i got mine for review code so i'm like going on the nintendo eShop now and of course i can't even see because i already purchased it so yeah that that's annoying that they uh, don't show the price when you've already bought something. I will look on the eShop for you because I have the physical cart. It is... Uh, we didn't uh, go into the $30. Difference. Wait. Okay. Um, we didn't go but into the differences. I think that came out as 40 it's, it's on sale right now for 20 on the eShop. It is. So there you go. Um, I know. I just I saw the DLC and remembered, oh, yeah, um, when you bought this game at launch, it had free uh, visual novel deals that um, went pay after a while. So yeah, this was $40 physically and digitally when it came out for the Switch. And I, I like I always do, got the uh, special edition for 60 because when when they do a special edition that's around the price of a normal game, I don't mind paying the extra money. And I, I love looking through the art books and stuff. Um, okay. Go over the differences between the DS and Switch versions is because they did a lot of upgrades, didn't they? I mean, we know we heard from Anna who said that created hitting the third story arc was uh, a whole lot easier. 
Yeah, I know it was, was a big, big transition thing. from two screens down to one. So you had to have menus pop up over stuff and the yeah, that was, was it the overworld map you could make bigger or smaller and put in like the bottom left or bottom right corner. Um, there was also a couple of new modes. Um, newlywed mode. Yeah, I never played around with those. Yeah, was, yeah, was, I, I, have, I didn't get story. I didn't get around to those either. Um, yeah, newlywed newlywed mode was where you were playing a special story along with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think they were very long. It was little vignette kind of stuff. Yeah, and and then the um, free DLC that um, later became paid. Uh, uh, the another episode pack. It's like five dollars now. Um, adds illustrated marriage stories for illustrated stories for all twelve marriage candidates, fully voiced in English and Japanese. So, um, just kind of cute, cute little additional things if you're a big fan of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- well, you want to wrap this one up, Kelly, and yeah. then we'll yeah. get to the uh, RR-specific yeah. memories? Yeah, so um, that was Rain Factory 4. I, I think we all agree we like this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think next we are going to have a brief musical interlude, and when we, when we come back, we'll get into our personal feelings about the game. Oh, wait, I, ju- wait, I just want to add that I just looked it up. It, it costs 30 if you if you buy it off PSN. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it looks like the Switch had a permanent price for up to 30 mm. About a year um, ago. I wonder if that maybe coincided with PSN and other stuff, but and yeah, I think it's, an affordable game and you can get 50 you know, to 100 hours out of it pretty easily. You can also get it on yeah. Xbox FY for the same price. Mm-hmm. The one thing I am curious about and then we'll move on is is it, it is, according to Steam, playable on Steam Deck. Um, entering some text may require on-screen keyboard, and that's the only compatibility issue. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. I, I love that these console games are coming to uh, Steam now, giving people more options. Um, take advantage of those Steam sales. So, yeah, um, we're coming back with the roundtable, so stick around. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where now we get into the roundtable, our, our personal feelings, our, our favorite things from the game. Um, always like to ask, what was your favorite funniest moment from the game? Just because um, a game like this has a lot of just che- cheeky moments that are adorable. Um, we'll go with Anna first. And this is going to make me sound like a terrible person, <laughs> but watching my character flop over dead anytime I got KO'd just cracked me <laughs> up. I don't know what it is about that animation, but it makes me laugh. I should be mad because I'm losing progress or I'm losing time, but no, I'm just like, I'm dead. <laughs> For for me, my biggest memory is getting frustrated at why the bread won't teach me things, even though I've been trying to skill up. Because <laughs> it always there's no real chart to it. I mean, I, unless I'm sure somebody has started it, it's just kind of like skill up, skill up. Can I eat bread yet? No. Skill up, skill up. Can I eat now? No. Scream. Depends if there's anything within your range that you can learn. 
I know. And see, I, I, I was the opposite. I wrote my favorite part is when I can skill up and learn a new recipe, then I'll just go spend in, like an entire game day there crafting new weapons and equipment and just spend like a real life hour just going through that. And what I always love doing is, you know, finding that one recipe that re- um, adds the most rune points to your uh, character, making a bunch of them, then going over and just hammering away on equipment all day and plopping another smoothie in my mouth. You know, every uh, every 10 times I'm working on a weapon just to get my uh, stamina back up. Just chain drinking smoothies. Yep. Drinking smoothies and pounding corn into my swords. Though I I will say, I appreciate that if you don't learn anything, it doesn't use up the bread, so you could pretty Mm -hmm. much stockpile it. And um, how do you pronounce his name? I put it in this kit, and I don't even remember his name. The the baker, Porcoline. Um, You can only buy so many breads from Porcoline a day. So, mm-hmm. pro tip, buy all the bread you can within a given day. You will need it eventually. Um, yep, it doesn't go bad. Nope. Black pilot. Put it in the fridge. Save it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan, did you have a favorite moment? Yeah, I, yeah, I, liked it. I just like the, the, those festivals you have because, yeah, it was just nice to see, like, uh, this, like, town of people just interacting together. Yeah, the festivals in these type of games are always fun. Mm. Yeah, we might have a difference of opinion in Crune Factory 5. <laughs> Uh, well, f- five is a different beast. Yeah, f- five is going to be interesting. Um, we- Wales, do you have a memory or a favorite funniest moment? Uh, I kind of like just how the game begins, where you like flop off the airship and just <laughs> smash through a building and land in front of a dragon. <laughs> it's uh, it's at it's, all levels of mayhem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> And uh, that gets into our next question. Who who are your favorite characters of monsters to befriend? Um, Forte. Um, you, you guys know me and my one track mind. I I just like putting palm cats and sh- uh, sitting uh-huh. in panthers in my party and just having a posse of cats. <laughs> and, and Forte because yeah. she's a beast. Mm-hmm. Yep, I was always Forte. I always had Forte. That's who I uh, romanced to. But she was dressed as a nice. Like she's dressed as a knight. That was good. Yeah. Um, and then I will say as monsters went, I would just keep recruiting whoever was the highest level. Like <laughs> I remember spending a lot of time with a fox or not a fox, um, a wolf and the wolf leveled up quite a bit with me. Uh, Might have even finished a second arc with it. But then once I got to that uh, Charanace maze, the uh, bonus area, gosh, I would just walk around to any monster that couldn't take me out with one hit and just keep feeding it anything I could <laughs> to recruit it. And I mean, they're ridiculous levels because they start off in the hundreds and uh, they're um, I, I think they patched it pretty quickly, um, but there is a bug that would let you recruit like level 15,000 monsters. Oh, wow. I thought, you know what? That sounds familiar because they, the levels go ridiculous. They go really high. Um, so, like I said, I loaded up my uh, Switch version today, and I had a Minotaur King. It's over level 300. It's got, like, 45,000 hit points, and Forte and me are, like, level 130, and we have about, like, 4,000 hit points. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got 10 times the health of us, double the level. It's going around just whacking monsters. I went through a couple areas. I'm like, well, uh, obviously, I'm doing fine here. Um, but, yeah, I, I remember once I did the second arc and it just became like 
whatever. It's I'm just going to grab whoever I can. But that but Forte was always with me. Ryan wheels. Yeah, yeah I think I said Forte already. Oh, oh, okay. team Forte as well. Yes. Also yeah. Forte, even though I didn't romance her. She was like, I did, no, I, did, I didn't romance her. She's she's bestie. Yeah, mm-hmm. she rolls. <laughs> Okay, so then who who did you guys romance? Oh, hold uh, on, let's... Anna. Did who oh. who was your uh, bestie? Oh, Porkaline. <laughs> Could you take He's him with so you? Funny. Um, you know what? I don't know, and I, because I never tried, I just I. <laughs> the question was your uh, your your favorite your character. Favorite character. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And so he's my favorite character. I have a very utilitarian view of favorite characters. <laughs> Can you come with me? Nope. Too and, bad. Doesn't that same character model show up in five? Um, I mean, I I think His he's another Dasang Kaki in okay. Rune Factory Five, right? Because it's a whole family. They're in multiple Rune Factory games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I, okay, gotcha. Because that character had a very unique uh, art style. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the carpenter guy in five. Okay, gotcha. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to skip you, Anna. I was trying to do a clever transition. Well, then um, I will transition to someone who was utilitarian to me, and that was Dillis. Be still, my furry heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I started out with Dillis, believe it or not. And um, once F- F- Foxy Matt Mercer came by, it was like, okay, you're, you're my new husband. I'm sorry, Dillis. Um, and I just remember him being very difficult to romance, and that was partly why I never got to like the second arc because he just would not marry me. Um, so, so yeah, uh, I, I, love, I basically I love the two furry characters too because why not? <laughs> That's how I am with every uh, Rune Factory <laughs> date the furries. <laughs> so Ryan, what about you? Yeah, I'm I'm very much Team Dialus there. So hashtag yeah, furry podcast. Not- I was going to say, there's three for three. Maybe yeah. I should ask mm-hmm. uh, Wheels who he went with. In girl. In girl. <laughs> oh, that's In right. girl. Yes, I don't. Because he was again, playing on hard mode. <laughs> yes, I don't remember why. I just think I thought she was weird. I don't know. I don't know. He, uh, you know, and uh, I, was, I was wondering if it was the utilitarian way that I picked in three, but, uh, I guess not. Like in three, I remember I romanced the uh, bathhouse worker that was a mermaid because you could just give her fruit and fish. And my God, how many <laughs> fruits and fish you get all the time. And you didn't uh, have to bring any cooked dish. You could just be like, here's an apple. Here's a trout. You, you know, know, that that may may have been something like that because she likes Chinese dishes and you can just buy those from the restaurant. Oh, yeah. Yep. Cheap. Could be. That may have been why. But as I mentioned before, in four, it was a uh, forte. Um, I, since I was always taking her along on missions anyway, like, you know, very easy to give her something. Oh, and I remember she liked omelet rice, which was very easy to make because you could buy rice very easily. And uh, there's like egg and rice, egg and rice. Easy recipe. Omu rice is surprisingly easy to make in real life, too. Just an FYI. You know what? I really enjoy putting a... I'll make it for breakfast often enough. Anytime we have leftover rice, um, what, what's the sesame oil? Sesame oil, heat up the rice, pour a couple of scrambled eggs on top. Yeah, that's some good a couple eating. drops of like a soy sauce. It's a delicious breakfast. <laughs> We've, I've made it for dinner before. Oh, yeah. It's filling. Um, Especially when you do like the chicken and rice mixture. Very tasty. Damn, no. Oh, there you yeah. Start getting a little bit more in there. Um, so, so, 
So this next question is mostly for you guys that got to the end game. Uh, <laughs> the how far did you get in the arc three Runa Prada? So I got to the beach area of Runa Prana, um, but I definitely was flagging at that point. I. I was over level 100 and my companions were all level 100 plus and I was just sort of like, I was going to have to recraft all of my equipment because you really have to rotate through your um, through your elemental strengths and weaknesses in Runa Prana like you don't have to in any of the dungeons before it. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this much crafting. I think it's probably just time I'm done with this game and be okay with being done with this game. No, see, and I'm pretty sure I beat the 3DS version. I pulled it up today on my 3DS. I don't have the cartridge anymore, so I couldn't plop it in. But I I spent 126 hours with it or so. And I am about 95% positive I did beat the game back in 3DS days now knowing that i was going to write a review for the second time and i got the game pretty gosh i want to say like three to five weeks beforehand it was something i had a lot of lead time on but i got about uh i was on so let's see i'm on the runa prada wiki right now there's the temple area the beach area the snow field the volcano volcano area and actually i beat those bosses again today just for the heck of it um I couldn't tell if I'd beaten the cave area and we're on to the second temple area or not um, just by walking around. But yeah, I was in either the fifth or sixth out of seven areas. And then I was like, gosh, I got to write a review. I can't just <laughs> keep plugging away at this. And like you said, um, Anna, with being level, yeah, I was level 135 and 136. I had a level 300 monster with me and it was like, my God, I... <laughs> I could spend another week on this and maybe beat the post game, but maybe I should just write the review and move on, <laughs> get this posted. Um, and, you know, once I write a review, it's kind of like, ah, do I really want to go back to it? I've already spent 130 hours one time. I've spent like 60, 70 hours this time. I think I'm good. I've seen I've seen this before. And you're right. Like, uh, it, as you're going through here, you got the beach area, the snow field, the volcano area right in a row. And all of those are very um, elemental that you got to prepare for the beach area. You got all the uh, water monsters in the snow field. So you need to make craft fire equipment and then turn right around for the volcano area where the fire equipment's not all that great. And I went like said i went through the volcano area today and uh what is it the heat just is it hitting you the whole time so you really need to have equipment on to protect yourself from the heat or craft yourself uh what were we saying the accessories earlier so yeah that runa product can really take it out of you and anna don't don't you usually play on easy yeah the fact that I was playing on easy and I was just like, all right, I have to completely rethink my elemental strategy in this dungeon because I am just getting nowhere was part of my, eh, this might be more effort than I'm willing to put into this game at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I play a game on easy, I just kind of want to br- breeze through a lot of that stuff. And once it hit, hits the having to mid-max, that's when I'm kind of done. Um, Ryan, Wheels, did you guys make it that far? Uh, I... I- I basically I, bailed after I did the two main arcs. Mm-hmm. I, f- I finished the first arc, took a break from the game, and you know how that goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All too well. Yeah. yeah. And then our, our final question that we ask mo- most of the time, uh, what are your memories associated with this game? Like what you were doing in your life, um, that kind of stuff. I mean, I think for me, the, the thing that's sort of memorable around that point of time was uh, we'd gotten Animal Crossing, but I'd gotten bored of it pretty fast. 
but I also didn't want to pay full price for Rune Factory 4 because I had already paid full price on the 3DS. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to wait for a 50% sale. And in fact, I sent my friend Albabinez on Twitter a message that was like, I'm being a cheap bitch, man. Help me find this game for half price. And like, not even two days later, he messages me. He's like, it's 50% off on Amazon UK. And I'm like, sold. Yeah, I had the opposite problem where I started it in February of 2020 and played it for about a month. And I, I was really enjoying it. And then Animal Crossing comes out and it's like, oh, okay. Well, and I'll check Animal Crossing every day and then I'll do Rune Factory. And nope, that didn't happen because I got obsessed with uh, you know, all the things you do in the new Animal Crossing. You know, completely revamping your town and time traveling and spending an entire Sunday trying to get Raymond. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I felt bad for not going back to this game. I also felt bad for not picking up the D or playing the DS version because I had it on my Christmas list in 2012. Um, when did it come out? 2013. So I had it on my Christmas 2013. list. 2013. Yeah. Mm-hmm. in 2013. And I just kind of forgot about it. And then, um, for Easter, <laughs> for Easter in 2014, I went over and, and that the game and the little plush rabbit was in my Easter basket. And, you know, I'm like a, a 40 year old woman. I don't really, you know, back back then I, I don't know the math, but you know, I was an old 35 uh, year old woman back then. I really didn't do the whole Easter basket thing anymore, and I was kind of surprised. And mom was like, "Well, you see, I ordered it for you for Christmas, and it didn't get here until like a week ago. So I figured since it came with a rabbit, it would make a good Easter present." <laughs> And it was like, oh my god, that's so sweet. And yeah, I I have a case that's like, okay, here are DS games that I'm going to play uh, when I'm done with the current DS game and just never never touched it until the Switch version. So but I, I still have that plush rabbit somewhere. It, it was just like a little bitty hand-sized uh, bunny, which I don't even think there were bunnies like that in the game, were there? I don't know. Anyway, that that's my memories. I'll jump in here. So, and I, that's funny that you got your 50% off from UK because just today I got Harvestella 50% off from UK Amazon. I've been waiting for that game <laughs> six months. I'm like, you know what? I, I was, I was doing so many reviews in December. I got, God, what did I do? I reviewed um, This Way Madness Lies and then Dragon Quest Treasures back to back. And the Harvestella review code was right there in between it. And I'm like, oh, Rune Factory, but Final Fantasy, I want to do that. And by the time I was like done with Treasures and got the review out, um, Alex had kind of grudgingly taken the Harvestella code. And then Alex liked it. Like, that's not an Alex game. And Alex liked Harvestella. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need that. But, you know, by the time, you know, a month or two had gone by, I'm like, I'm not paying $60 for that. I'll wait for the 50% off. And just a week and a half ago, brand new through Amazon UK, shipped over and it just arrived today. So perfect timing for that. But uh, my uh, sorry, I, I I thought I had a pause in there. Uh, my my Harvestella was an RP Gamer Employee of the Month reward. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it, oh, it's, nice. I, I'm I waiting. think three different people have gotten Harvestella for EOTM. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it's a popular choice. I just, I, like I said, if Alex, who this is not an Alex game, gave it a four out of five, I'm like, dang, I yeah. probably should like this. And I'm dying to play it, and I will play it someday when I get done with Tears of the Kingdom and Final Fantasy 16. 
right, this is already I got it for 50 percent off, but I envision this being a game I play maybe by the time the one year anniversary of it comes out. I'm just excited I waited for the 50% off. I'm like, yeah, I did it. Took six months, but I did it. There's got to be a lull in the great releases this year, right? It'll slow down, right? It no. always does? No. 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 <laughs> and see, that's all you guys. I don't play any of these new release games. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky if I play any new releases. So I did Octopath Traveler 2. That's my new release. Everything right. else, this whole summer is... Like getting ready to play backtrack games because I failed at yeah. you know today was supposed to be a different game but uh, I failed to beat it in time so we'll get back to that <laughs> so I don't, I don't have a good story about Etrian Odyssey Switch because whatever I got it for review and I reviewed it at the beginning of the pandemic but um, the first when when it came out on 3DS I was a huge um, fan of Etrian Odyssey still am. Um, SMT four was coming out that year. I was all excited to have my summer of four. I even like found an old forum post about it where I was super excited for summer of four because, um, I want to say that SMT four came out early in the year. Oh no. Etri and Odyssey four came out in February of 2013, but I was still busy with three, um, at the time. So I was like, I'm going to get Etri and Odyssey four, uh, SMT four came out July 13th and rune factory four was supposed to come out in June or July too. Um, but it got pushed to October and that was right after my son got born. So like, this is, you know, I, I finally got, rid of other games out of my backlog and this one jumped to the front of the line it was the four that jumped to the front and you know so right after my son was born i just played the hell out of rune factory for like i said about 130 hours and looking at my 3ds the first time i played it was like october of 2013 and the last time i played it was january of 2014 so i put those 130 hours in in like two months with a two week old or a two month old kid around. So I played the hell out of this game. Um, and it, I, I look back at my games beat list. I didn't beat a lot of games those years, but my God, all I played was Etrian Odyssey three and four rune factory, two and four Pokemon black, white, two and X like th those were the string of seven games I played in a row. And all of those were huge ass long games. <laughs> I know I put 50 to a hundred hours in. So that, that, that was 10 years ago. Apparently I had the patience for a good 50 to hundred hour game. I don't know if I could play seven of those in a row these and days. At least your kid was young enough that, you know, you could just kind of hold them with one hand and do your farming with the other hand. <laughs> yep. The second kid, it was all the bravely D it was both bravely defaults back to back. It was my 2 a.m. rocking them in the chair game. Um, R Ryan Wheels, what about you guys? Uh, I'm actually I'm pretty much a latecomer to Rune Factory because I I definitely knew of it, but I think I I wasn't sure if I would be big into like the life sim farm sim whatever you call these games. But then uh, but then I got the review code for the PS4 version, the port, and then I played I played it quite a bit. It definitely took a bit to grow on me because I just wasn't used to playing something like this. So it was kind of like I I felt like I had to figure out what I was supposed to do exactly. And then yeah, I think I think it ended up being my second my second most played game in 2022. And then and then I was supposed to write the review. And then I, I think I tried to. I it just I, I, I was it was not a great time for me to, to try to write that because executive dysfunction's the worst. Oh, I feel you. Mm -hmm. Nerd. And, and Wheels, did you have any memories? 
Nothing specific. This came out around the time my first son was born, so uh, it was just kind of something I it was a nice distraction that year. Uh, but yeah, no, nothing specific. Uh, but I mean, it was the first one I really spent a ton of time with. Like I had, I had uh, played I think one and three a bit, uh, but never really got that far in. But um, yeah, four I liked enough that I finished one arc. So I think that says a lot about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, this is going to be an interesting year. A year from now, when we uh, do Green Factory Five, because that changed some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, some for the better and some for the worse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that being said, so I didn't realize that both my podcast peoples were going away next month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, you gotta, you got June all to yourself. Uh, I'm double posting, which is fine. You know, it doesn't take that much to post the show and stuff like that. Um, and when, when Matt goes away, the MMO people come out to play because it's MMO month next month. Mm-hmm. So we're doing the first expansion for Final Fantasy fourteen and WoW's first expansion. So those are going to be some interesting shows. That being said, uh, thank you, Anna, for c- coming on. It's always a pleasure to have you. I'll be back. Um, th- thank you, Ryan, as always. Welcome. Uh, and thank you, Wheels, for popping in when you could. Of course. And of course, thank you to my podcast partner in crime, Matt, who I could not do this without. We are a duo that does our best. Well, thank you for pivoting for my uh, Cold Steel 3 failure. Oh, um, posters no with the we'll monsters. <laughs> oh, no worries. Yeah, this was supposed to be Cold Steel 3, and Matt's like, man, I need more time. I'm like, no, well, let's just pick something from the list uh swapped it with that and i I was thankful for that because i couldn't think of a skit for the life of me for cold steel 3 that soon Uh, so what you're saying is you swapped one waifu game for another pretty much (laughs) exactly so yeah we we will see you uh in a couple of weeks for um, final fantasy 14 heaven's sword and in the meantime have a great rest of your day and we shall see you Yes, dear. Sure, honey. Love you. Love you.